And welcome to the show. I am Warren Cluck with Zach Miller, and thank you for joining us for another ice-cold edition of Music to My Beers here in a brand new, our first new show of 2021. Zachary, how are you? I'm doing well. It's crazy. It's it's crazy that here, here we are now, and uh, that flew by. I remember when we recorded our last show last year and being like, hey, we got, you know, so much time off, so so much beer drinking ahead of Can't us. Can't wait. Here we are. We had a couple of good shows, though. We played the uh, Christmas show from last year yeah. uh, on repeat, which but, is fun. Uh, that sort of sucked because you're like, I remember the before times. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you get a chance to do some good drinking over the uh, over the holiday? I did. I went up north um, just a little bit. We went up for like four or five days, and then um, I brought up only like I I brought up only stouts from the store because I've been getting into those. Feel like stout season's going on. But even my mother in law was like. Hey, I want to pick up some beer for you. Let me know what you want. And I'm like, anything Christmassy. And so there were some IPAs in there. I've got details about that coming up, too. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do as much as I planned that. I got sidetracked with projects and family coming into town. But uh, there's, you know what? An entire winter of drinking ahead of us. We have a great show today. We have a um, we have a lot to talk about. We have some catching up to do. And we have some, uh, I guess, some new year, some new beers resolutions to look forward to in 2021. So thanks for coming aboard. A brand new episode of Music to My Beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Uh, glad to have you aboard. Our very first show of 2021. Uh, glad to be back and glad to have you here with us. I'm Warren Cluck with Zach Miller. And uh, we just got done with a, a heck of a winter break. So, Zach, how was your Christmas drinking? My... <laughs> It was good. Um, I felt like I got a lot in, and I was trying to trying to hop around town, get a couple of new things, but um, mostly in the stout season, and uh, and also because Christmas was around, I, I did uh, Stella because Ooh. it's like a traditional Christmas stout, um, and then I also did the Celebration IPA from Sierra Nevada, and I really. I like to get that as much as I possibly can right around this time because it's a fresh hop IPA. They start, I think, bottling it in December, or not December, but October, and then um, move it in closer to Christmas. It's just got a really good piney flavor. And so my mother-in-law picks that up for me in addition to all the different beers that I brought up north that I was checking into as well. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to have your wife give you the side eye at any point? Like, Zach, geez, it's Christmas. Well, she, yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, do you really have to drink that much? You know, and I'm like... Yeah, but I mean, I know it's only noon, but still, it's Christmas, and yeah, we don't have anything, nowhere to go, no, nothing to do. So, what do you make of this year's celebration ale? Um, I love it. I really do. It's uh, it's kind of piney. It's got a little bit of that uh, concolor fur uh, taste to it. Wow. Yeah. Look at you, double word score. I'm trying to pick up new uh, descriptive items. I'd say that's a new beer's resolution for me this year. Yeah. It's like. Try to find new ways to describe things. Try to, I don't know, pull something out. Yeah, I'll get, real, I'll get real heady with my untapped check-ins, and I'm like, I'll try to describe the flavor. But after about three beers, I slide back to, like, it's tasty. It's a thick boy. <laughs> like it. Thick. <laughs> Double C. Delicious. Uh, I actually didn't do any drinking on Christmas at all. Um, we had it at my mom's house, and she lives down the street from me. So we were constantly shuttling people, things, presents back and forth, taking my, you know, going to get my mother-in-law on the other side of town. So I was the sober driver, had a great time, and then they gave me an excuse to hit it hard the yeah. next day. 
Um, post Christmas. Yeah, post Christmas, and you know, all the kids running around. I was just like, this is this is too much. I want to I want to maintain. So I uh, <laughs> had, had myself a good time. And good. you know what? Let let my mom and mother in law do all the uh, the imbibing that day. So the ladies had some wine. That was fun to watch. <laughs> uh, but then that y'all you know cleared me up for uh, for New Year's. Did you do any, Did you do anything for New Year's? We just uh, we just hung out. Sorry, that's my microphone. Um, we just hung out at our house and uh, did a small little get together with my family, like the four of us. So I, I know that sounds kind of crazy. And, and I saw some of your Instagram work. I know that you and the uh, the wife and the kids were up uh, raising a little heck on that we, uh, that evening. We definitely we let the kids stay up a little later. We did appetizers for dinner, all that fun stuff, and then I cracked open a rainbow sherbet from Prairie. Prairie Ales has been like a new. I mean, I know that they have, they're famous for the bomb, and they're famous for Christmas yeah, bomb, birthday yeah. bomb. And for the longest time, the bomb was the only thing from Prairie Artists and Ales we could get around here or even saw. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this sherbet, I picked it up, I think citywide had it. It was a rainbow sherbet flavor, and so what I did was I was making the kids rainbow sherbet drinks with like the, the sherbet, the Sprite, the Hawaiian Punch, and then I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I could add some sherbet to my beer, and it was a game changer. I would like to try it with other sours as well. Just add a little bit of sherbet. It kind of mellowed it out. You'd think that it would make it more sour, but it brought on like almost like a, a root beer float where you're adding the the ice cream to the soft drink or even the hard root beer if you want. Yeah, and it's funny because for a brewery like Prairie, you immediately associate them with dark beers, with the stouts. You're like, this is, this is what they do. It's what they're known for. Yeah. So when you try some of their other stuff, you think... Oh, eh, not too shabby. No, they're getting into the tart sour game now, and it was actually really delicious and well-rounded. And I would actually like to try that with other sour beers that I like. That just add a little bit of sherbet. You could make whatever flavor you want and kind of top that off. Um, kind of like how the beer slushies have been kind of a thing um, as of late. Yeah, beer I, slushies and I was at uh, Citywide Downtown about a month and a half ago and found a piece, uh, found a, a bottle of Corner Piece by uh, Prairie. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Tasted just like you were eating a yellow birthday cake with uh, with vanilla f- uh, frosting. I thought this this is incredible. And you know, of course, went back, couldn't find any more. So I'm like, well, I was one and done. I got the last one. Yeah, <laughs> tasty. It is awesome. Yeah, they do some good stuff. Uh, for New Year's, obviously, we there wasn't a whole lot going on socially. So my wife and I were at this point had been sick of seeing our same four walls. So we got a hotel room in Elkhart. Ooh. And we're like, you know, what we're gonna do ring in in a 2021 in a different place. So uh, to prepare, we stopped by Yaki Da, got some pizza, some crowlers, got their breakfast cookies. Oh yeah, yeah, I felt pretty good about that. And uh, and on the way over there, we were swinging through, and I just happened to see our buddy Aaron at Westwind post that they were gonna be open New Year's Eve from noon to two. Oh, that's awesome. It was 1.38, so I was like, skirt! <laughs> we swang into Westwind, and uh, the first time my wife had any of their beers, we we uh, hung out, had a Genesis Stout while we were there, and then grabbed our to-go beers and had uh, the west we had the the premise which is one of our favorite yeah yeah that was it was fun to have like it's always fun when you like a brewery or a beer and like your significant other or, or one of your buddies tries them for the first time so i got to sit there and watch my wife try all the uh the Westwind stuff. So, what did she think? Did she like it? Oh, dude, loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those like, oh, they're closing. And we got stuff to do. It'd be nice to just sit here all afternoon. But uh, yeah, drank some great beers that night, and uh, it was just it was fun to do something a little bit different. And it felt like we were breaking the rules because yeah. we're out, but <laughs> you know, we weren't uh, really. And uh, it was just it was fun, but also yeah, it's great beer. And, and it did the, it was the first time I'd had Yakidao's breakfast cookies. Jeez, in two years, maybe maybe mm-hmm. even longer than that. I think the last time the station did a uh, bus tour through Elkhart was maybe the last time I had any. Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to think about the last time I've had it, and it, it has probably been a couple of years because I've gotten over there like a couple of months ago, and 
I keep waiting for it, and I know that November is typically, didn't they do a breakfast cookies day? Or maybe they didn't do it this year because of COVID, but yeah. they used to do a bunch of different variants of that one. And I always remember, man, I'd like to go out there for that day sometime and just try all the different flavors that they offer. Chocolate breakfast cookies, vanilla breakfast cookies. Yeah, and it's great, too, because of its proximity to West Wind. Like, those two breweries are about a mile apart-ish. So it, it makes it an easier excuse for you to, if you don't live in that corner of Elkhart or anywhere near there, say, yeah, I'm going to slide up there because you can hit them both. You know, start EG Brew Tours yeah, and st- Elkhart Goshen. <laughs> yeah, stock up and uh, and do your thing. So it was kind of nice. But, yeah, overall, good holiday drinking. And uh, we have plenty of show to get to. I stumbled across one over the holidays. We're going to try at uh, the top of the hour for Split One that um, was simultaneously incredible and disgusting. Because <laughs> you brought something to chase it with, didn't you? I, I did. I did. I was like, this <laughs> this beer is something else. I got a chance to try it, and, and uh, a friend of mine gave me one extra can. He goes, take this to the beer show. It's very well done, but it is also not good. Okay. But it's so... very well done, not good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's our first show of the new year. Typically in the past, we've done new beers, resolutions, and uh, Zach already... Spouting off one, looking to expand his uh, his beer vernacular. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm what was gonna the word you? Hey, what was the word you used last segment? Concolor furs. Concolor furs. Concolor furs. Uh, Fraser fur. I, yeah, I say concolor furs. All right. Is that a word? Did I, I just make up a word? Did, first time I've heard it, dude. It sounded great. I thought, wow, look at you. Con look color. at the big brain on yeah, bread. Concolor fur. It's a plant. Uh, we're just making up. <laughs> yeah, we're in the the midst of stout season, and uh, it's always it's always a nice new beer resolution to get out and drink outside your normal box this time of year because uh, stouts they are a plenteous, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what you uh, what you're into. There's a stout to fit your palate, and uh, uprocks.com. We dabble with these guys every once in a while. Has a fantastic list of thirty stouts to chase down. Now that we're in the stout season. Really? Now I got to pull up my untapped to see if I have had any of those. Uh, I'm not going to run down every single one. Okay. The the first one is a duck rabbit milk stout. Uh, I don't know a lot about them. Uh, Deschutes. Deschutes. Obs- they're yeah, they're obsidian stout. Oh, because I've had a black abyss. Is that a stout or is that a porter? I believe that's a porter. Okay. Yeah, good stuff though coming from Deschutes. Yeah, and it's it's uh, the average price is eight ninety nine a six pack, which makes it you know priced for the working man. Uh, here's one that you should run after. The microphone's going to do that the entire I know, time. I'm sorry. I don't know what Jason does to it. <laughs> Breathes his rusty breath on it. Uh, Sierra Nevada's stout. Have you had their their, their plain regular uh, garden no. variety stout? No. It's got an orange label. I need to try that. Yeah, clocks in at five point eight percent. That's like perfect. That's good. Uh, yeah, and looking at the label, I haven't seen this thing on the shelf either, so this might be something we need to do a little bit of hunting for. Uh, number 27 is Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout. We've obviously had that. Fantastic. That's a must. yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, when I when I think to grab it, is the uh, Left Hand Brewing Company's Milk Stout Nitro. Ooh. That was one of the first stouts I remember having in a can, and it seems like it's been canned for a long, long time. Yeah, and they actually kind of, I feel like, paved the way for the nitro... Um, Cans. I know the Guinness has been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. but they just took whatever Guinness was doing, and then they did it for craft beer, which has gone a long way now. Another one on the list of the uh, the Up Rocks, the 30 Stouts we need to chase down at number 24. It's fun because these guys are now leading the charge in Chicago with their uh, their canned barrel age series uh, revolution. But they do a just, I, don't, I keep wanting to say garden variety. I, I shouldn't keep repeating that, but they do a regular stout called just Rise. Really? 
It's called Revolution Rise. It's got a fist. That's just Never. Their, their regular style. But it's 7.6%, so it's a little bit uh, beefier than some of the other ones. Ooh. You know what's funny about Revolution and New Year's Eve? We were talking about that. So my son fell asleep. We both fell asleep downstairs. I had just opened a, up a Cafe Death. I saw you check this in. Oh, I checked it in. Zach was doing some work right, financially. Right after that check-in, I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning, and I took a sip of it just to try it, see what it was like. Still good. Still delicious. It lasted through the night. I've been at tastings. I was at one in November where that same thing happened, and it was like there was an inch. And I forget what it was. It wasn't an assassin, but it was something pretty incredible. It was about an inch of something left, and a buddy of mine woke woke up. He said, we can't let this go to waste, so he... He drank it. He goes, it's still great. Still fantastic. <laughs> you know, because you're not dealing with a hypercarbonated beverage, like, if it goes flat, so what? It yeah. kind of was to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avery's Night Warden is a uh, whiskey barrel-aged style that comes in at 8.2%. Again, available in cans, moderately priced. Ooh, nice. Brooklyn Brewing Company. We've had a couple of their things. They do a black chocolate stout. Yum. That sounds good. Oh, that's a... Pretty big hitter, too, at 10%. Yeah, one of our favorites, Bell's Expedition Stout. Their, their old-school classic Russian Imperial falls in on the list as well. We did the uh, variety uh, tasting of the Expedition. Yeah, the uh, the vertical. The vertical, yeah. Uh, Night Fever from Night Shift Brewing. Uh, th- that's a place that I've seen a couple of different offerings from at Citywide Downtown in South Bend. But I, other than that, they're hard to track down. Stone's Classic, one of our faves, the uh, Hokavesa. Hmm. So good. That was the first time I'd ever had a, a stout that was made with any kind of uh, that Mexican hot chocolatey, the pasilla peppers, that uh, vanilla cinnamony. And now, now that I know what that flavor profile is, when I see it in other beers or like other breweries presentations of something similar, I get excited and think, "Oh, all right, I want to pick that one up." Uh, Westbrook's Mexican Cake, another one that's, uh, if you can get it, they're out of North or South Carolina. A little bit difficult to get your hands on around here sometimes. But. I, I picked up a bottle of uh, Westbrook down in Georgia, and I was going to bring it. This was last Christmas that I picked it up, and I was going to bring it for this Christmas party, so I'm still sitting on it. And it's one of their anniversary. It's a stout, but it's an anniversary stout. So we got to try it sometime. That's all I'm saying. I'll tell you a little bit later on in the show about something that I did to try to get my hands on for next year's Christmas party. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Evil Twins Imperial Biscotti Break. They do fantastic stuff. Uh, mm. And that biscotti flavor, that uh, that kind of like nutty uh, pastry, it lends itself really well to stouts. Yeah, I like the biscuit kind of flavor. Uh, Oscar Blues Barrel Age 1050. That's a fave. Remember when that was really hard to get? It was a big deal. I actually flew cans of that, tall boy cans, home from Phoenix uh, one year over Christmas break because you couldn't get it here, and I saw it there. <laughs> I thought, the guys are going to go crazy for this. It was just the regular one? It wasn't any of the variants or anything? That was just their barrel-age, because there's the 1050, but then there's mm-hmm. those taller barrel-age 1050s. Oh, yeah. So uh, grab one of those. And, we and, had that time at Fiddler's where we were out mm-hmm. there for the, the yep. tastings. They had the rum barrel-age one and a couple others. Uh, Great Divides, uh, Great Divides barrel-aged Yeti. Their oh, Yeti's that's a good, great. solid one. Bell's Black Note. You're my man for the Black Note. I, there was a time there where you were getting those like left and right. Yeah, and I know that they did a... There was a release that Bell's did in December where they were they were doing a couple of different years of Black Note, or there was some sort of... Uh, I forget even what it was, and I, and I thought almost for a second, like, it would... It would be hell on my week if I, you know, dusted <laughs> off the show at 10 o'clock, ran up to Bell's real quick, and came sprinting back. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, always, dude, always fantastic. Well worth the trip. Uh, Prairie's Bomb is what uh, kicks off the top ten. We mm-hmm. talked about that all time classic. That, I remember the first time I saw it because I saw it about thirty times before I actually bought it because I snickered to myself like nine dollars <laughs> for a twelve ounce beer. Well, you know <laughs> what kind of new money jerkwad buys this? 
And and now it's one of those deals. You see it, you grab it. Evil mm-hmm. Twins, even more Jesus. Uh, number nine, Alesmith Speedway Stout. The first time I ever had that was in Chicago. There's a, uh, a craft bar called The Local Option, and they had okay. a, a bunch of different variants. But that was the first time I'd seen more than just the regular Speedway Stout. I want to say up north, just north of us at State Line, they've got Alesmith. I think they're able to distribute into Michigan. So okay. if you're looking for it, you can probably find it there. Number seven is Deschutes, the uh, the Abyss, the 2019 Reserve. We had a couple of those here on the show. And another one that was just available here recently locally was the Lagunitas Willitized. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, every year they just hit a home run with it. You brought that for a Christmas party, I think, one year, the Willitized. Yeah. And it, it blew my mind. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, number five, obviously, the Goose Island Bourbon County oh. brand style, one of our favorites. And uh, I did a beer podcast with some friends that are out of Indianapolis called the Blind Pig Confessions uh, over the holidays. And we got a chance to do a 2017 and a 2019 one of these. And it was the first time I'd ever tried one, but it was Fremont's The Rusty Nail. Whoa. Um, that clocks in at number four on this list. Yeah, and it's it's really, really good. I held on to this bottle. I think Old Man already gave it to me for my birthday, so I'd had it for you know six, eight months. And... I thought, you know what, I'm going to bring this to the podcast. And I get there, and Brandon, one of the other guys in the podcast, is like, hey, I've got one. It's, you know, it's older than that. So we had a 2017 and a 2019. Fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you cover the rest of the list. I've been speaking a lot this break. No, Sorry, Zach. Yeah, we've got Firestone Walker, which we have just recently, like within the past five years, gotten Firestone and their Parabola, which uh, did we have one during our split one? Or what did I? I thought I brought one in. One time, a Firestone Walker, but maybe not. You did. We've had uh, a couple of different ones. I don't know if it was a Parabola, but we've had some of their different limited, because they do that limited uh, cel- the anniversary ale. That's what it was. Okay, we'll take yeah. two of them and blend it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is one of our favorites, one of our original, like, chasing down as many as we could get. We'd always put our names on the list at uh, Citywide or Belmont. Founders, KBS. And number one on this list... Uh, this Whoa. is another beer I actually had during that podcast. You did? Yeah. Perennial yeah, per- Artisan Ales. Yeah, the Abraxas. Abraxas. This wow. is a, another one of those beers because I was so familiar with the the Hocavesa and the like that flavor profile that when you you break out one of these and the one we had was it was cinnamon, I believe it was ancho chilies and uh some cacao nibs and vanilla beans, but it you tasted all of them. You tasted all of those flavors. A lot of these stouts that have a lot of these different um, adjunct flavors in it, sometimes they get muddied together. Mm-hmm. But I find that the real well-made ones, or the ones that stick out in my head, are the ones where you can taste every single thing that they say is on the bottle in yeah. there. You know, you might not get it all initially, but either up front or on the finish, so it's fantastic. You so, mentioned Corner Piece, and it tastes like yellow cake. Dude, it's so weird. <laughs> it tastes just like the label. So uh, if you want to review the list, you can either check out the Music to My Beers podcast on Monday, or you can head to uprocks.com and find it yourself. Thank you for joining us here on Music to My Beers. A thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers, B movie. This is a little carving, a uh, little area we've carved out of the show to pair movies with cinema and uh, give the, the movie a rating system of one beer if it's awesome or like 12 beers if it's terrible. The ratings system very often is inaccurate and uh, varies from week to week. So uh, this thing we've dubbed the B movie. And uh, we think, you know, 
The hope of a brand new year was quickly quashed earlier this week when society began to crumble just a little bit, so we thought we would go with This Is The End from 2013. What a great movie, too. And it took a totally different direction than I thought it was going to be about because they didn't show you very many previews and stuff leading up to this. The only thing that I remember seeing was Emma Watson's in this movie. The cameos, man, just goes on and on and on. And I know that when when the Oceans movie, the remakes, came out, by the, the third movie, you're like, these guys are just doing this like the original Rat Packers did so they could have fun, make mm-hmm. a movie, and party. And you get the sense all these guys are bros in real life, and they just had a, look, this was a great excuse to get together and make a hilarious movie and have a lot of fun, you know, off camera. I feel like that Jay Ber- Baruchel, Ber- however you say his last name, Sounds and Seth Rogen just wanted to get stoned and yeah. make a movie together. And so they wrote that one, and I think that they, no, Evan Goldberg and... and uh, and Seth Rogen. Yeah, it's, right. just, it's a really funny movie, but it takes a, a very dramatic turn early out the gate, and it just doesn't let its foot off the gas. That first party, though, with like the McLovin guy. Oh, and, yeah. Like, oh. It's funny because they're all using their real names. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 for whatever reason, got a little kick out of that. But I'm going to give this movie, because it's hilarious, and I would watch this any day. It's not a movie that's shown on cable ever. You mm-hmm. have to find it on streaming. So uh, if you get a chance to check it out, it is, it's pretty fun, especially if you're, you know, Tipping back a few. Yes. But I'm going to give this one four-pack of last year's KBS. I went through my beer cellar over the, uh, the the last couple of weeks and realized I've got a lot of KBS left. i got to drink this. Yeah. And, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's good, but also it's, it drinks great about a year and a half, two years old. Mm-hmm. After that, it fades off real quick. So I'm going to give it one of uh, 2019's KBS. We made that mistake 20, a couple of years ago. 2020. Oops. 2020. Oh, yeah. You know, when, it re- when it really felt like this is the end. <laughs> um, I am also I'm going to go with six for this movie. I thought it's hilarious. I already gave you one of the, I think it's a spoiler, the fact that Emma Watson's in there. Um, but there are a couple other cameos that... Are just, you don't have to say spoiler if the movie's eight years old. Okay, so uh, one of my favorite parts is Channing Tatum on the leash yeah. in the movie. Oh, yeah. When he comes in, that was just such a big surprise. I remember watching it the first time and being like, oh, my gosh, how much more ridiculous is this movie going to get? But I do six of uh, one that I had over the break. It's from New Holland, just north of us, and their Cabin Fever Brown Ale is a really good brown ale, especially they, it's made for winter. It's made for drinking during these months. I would never drink it outside of the season, but um, it's nice and roasty. It doesn't quite have the um, the full-blown effect of a stout, but it's got a really good mouthfeel on it. That's that You mentioned the biscotti. It's kind of got that biscuit flavor to mm-hmm. it as well. Um, I, would, I would throw in six of those just because the, the movie's good, but it's just, it's... I'm going to be honest. It makes you want to smoke pot, even if you've never smoked pot before. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the highest praise you can give a movie, I think. And welcome to Split One. Yeah. Top of every second hour, we like to take a minute and focus on one beer specifically and get our thoughts. And I'm excited about this one. I told you about this. I said, dude, I can't wait. I uh, I did the, the Blind Pig Confessions podcast over the holiday break, and the guys had done an entire show uh, at Mobcraft Brewing. Mob? Mobcraft, and Mobcraft. I didn't have a chance to go with them. I wanted to tag along, but uh, they have a series of beers that they do. Uh, the Weird Fest, they call it, where, where it's user, people vote on, weigh in on what they want the uh, the, the beer to taste like or what it's going to be like, and they try to make it funky, bizarre. And th- this one, <laughs> this is the, the Mobcraft beer, Kimchi Funk. Hmm. It is a kimchi-inspired sour ale that has salt, Chili powder, cayenne, ginger, garlic sauce, 
or garlic and uh, and Czech saz hops. Whoa! I'm gonna tell that you, sounds interesting. It smells when you pull it up to your nose like garlic. Okay. And the kimchi finish, but uh, they don't make this beer anymore. This was a once like a, a one shot deal. They make these beers in single uh, brewing runs. Dude, well, thank you for bringing this in and sharing it with us. Don't thank me for yet, sharing, bro. Sharing with me, man. Um, you know what? Based on your description, and I'm gonna think back on was it six years ago? I think Rogue released the Sriracha Ale. Yes. Tastes exactly like, smelled exactly like sriracha. And boy, it threw me for it. Whoa. Now, yeah, it's just, wow. smell, just smell it. Don't taste it yet. That's that's full on garlic. Kind of pickly. And it's not like garlic salt or like a hint of garlic cooking. That's straight up like smushed cloves of garlic. Yeah. Wow. Kimchi. Funk. I like the pH. <laughs> now the you're gonna get the the fermented cabbage taste on the back side of it. Now I'm gonna let you go ahead and drink it first. Wow, that's interesting. Isn't it weird? You get you I gotta, do. I, I I gave it a five on Untapped, not because it's it's one of my favorite beers, but because it is exactly what is promised to you on the label, and they did a very very good job with it. I've never had a garlic infused beer before. That's incredible. Now the garlic's coming back as I'm just yeah. sitting here breathing and stuff. It's still coming. My wife is going to hate me later. How many <laughs> how many ABVs is this clocking at? Um, this is I don't I don't oh four point two. That's decent. Now oh, I guess I got to get a picture. Yeah, go ahead and get one for uh, for untapped. Now I, I wanted to be polite and not be that guy, so I thought I'm going to bring a garlic kimchi beer. I'd bring at least a second beer to uh, to Thank chase you for this, warning me. Yeah, chase this one down with, but that salty, briny, like the garlic lends itself to that that sort of uh, Goza style. You know what would be really good with that beer? It's cooking with it. I did that with um, my pork on New Year's Day. I put the cabin fever in with the pork and the sauerkraut. That would add a little bit of a spiciness to it. Um, I would probably just take a regular pork tenderloin or. Um, or even shredded pork, if you wanted to go that route, and do do that with the kimchi inspired beer. Add a little bit of garlic and yeah, this is maybe of, some salt and pepper to you, it. You can find out more about them at mobcraftbeer.com, But this is one of those. Uh, they're out of Milwaukee. This is one of those those beers that severely pushes the envelope as far as flavor profiles because you wouldn't think garlic or kimchi, either one let alone both in the same glass, would work well. That's so bizarre, isn't it? It's ri- Yeah. And if, even if you don't like the flavors, it's not unpleasant on the finish. Like, you smell garlic in the nose, you get the kimchi and a little bit of the cayenne on the finish, but it once it's all done and gone and you're breathing out through your nose, it's not unpleasant. No. I, I feel like I ate some kimchi. And now to follow it up, because I didn't want to be like, <laughs> I'll just suck on this garlic thing for the rest of the show. Uh, here's one we got at, uh, this is a Tabor find from Brooklyn, New York, Kings mm-hmm. County Brewers Collective, a collaboration they did with Transmitter Brewing. This is Ladybug Man Fruited Sour. Ooh. It is a sour ale with strawberry, watermelon, lemon zest, and clocks in at 5.2%. So wow. we can go ahead and try this and sort of cleanse our palate just a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this one, too. Very light. Wow. Has a nice slight, slight fruity tartness. What's the ABV on this one? Uh, 5.2. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Bo- both of these are relatively easy riders. Yeah, that one's good. 
That was really good. <laughs> yeah, compared to well, we're coming off the heels of something that's so uh, not bitter, but so pungent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's almost like a strawberry juice. So uh, we're gonna take a break and enjoy the rest of these and uh, and get this down. Maybe leave the camp. We'll sprinkle some drops around this around the studio so it has that funk when yeah. things roll around uh, tomorrow <laughs> when everybody gets back to work. So it is time for the uh, creation of a six pack. Like, what are we drinking? What's the uh, what's the the I'm I'm blanking right now. You sure are. Uh, it's our staff picks. It staff be, picks. That's could, what. I it, it could be things we lo- <laughs> we just try we love, like this uh, kimchi garlic infused sour ale from Mobcraft, or it could be something we're jamming on on the regular basis, or something we want to get our hands on. Yeah, that's. It's actually really hard to pull that up to your nose and then not get that pungent. It it's it is garlic. The, all the way through. That's a flavor profile that ten years ago would not have even been. It would have been universally panned. No. But wow. now as craft beer continues to get pushed to the outside, you know, the outskirts of freakiness as far as uh, innovation goes, we're going to see more and more stuff like that. So for the first one that I'm going to put into the our pick six, I'm going to put in the Bourbon Barrel Teddy Bear Kisses. But not just all. Have you seen those? Have you tried any of them? Uh, yeah. the uh, From Upland to the 12-ounce canned uh, Teddy Bear Series. Yeah. Teddy Bear Kisses. Yeah, they had, uh, and this is the first time that I've seen variants, because it, typically it's just the Russian Imperial Stout, and it comes in a black can with the teddy bear on it. The black can we've had, and since I've, I've had the black can about a month ago, I've seen peanut butter. Um, I haven't had peanut butter, but I saw, I had uh, the orange, cacao, orange and cacao one. All right. Um, That's the, supposed to take like that big Christmas orange that you whack on the... And it tastes exactly like that. The they, I had the cacao and hazelnut. The only one that I didn't have... Um, that I couldn't find then after I went back to the store was the peppermint one. And I didn't really care for that because I didn't, I'm, I don't want to drink a York patty. So, yeah, I just, I had those. Um, the next one that I would throw in, and this is a good stout that it's, it's good bang for your buck because it comes in at a 14.8 and it's Death Star from Revolution. And we were talking about Revolution's Rise Stout earlier in the show they just do stouts really well, especially imperial stouts. So if you've got, I think it's ten bucks for a can, but ten bucks divided by three because you're basically mm-hmm. drinking three beers, it's, yeah. it comes in at a, a pretty good um, number. And then I drank local, I popped into Crooked U on uh, New Year's Eve, and I was like, I'm going to pick up some Turtle Tamer because I haven't had that one in a while, and that is just such a good local. Um, Middle of the road IPA, like nothing too crazy. It's what we we've grown up on basically from the show's inception, and it kind of reminds me of a little bit of like Centennial. Yeah, it's got some some fruity flavors to it. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, one beer that I've that I've I've sort of I go through phases where I've got like a standby, and mm-hmm. it'll be Thai PA for a while, and then it'll be too hard. But there's always like the beer that I'll, I'll, go, I'll go back to, like mm-hmm. have an outrageous beer, switch back to a regular for a couple. And lately, because and I'm and I'm certain only because it's easier in availability now than it was like six eight months ago. Uh, Maplewood Brewing uh, Brewery and Distillery. They're uh, they're out of um, Illinois. So good. Yeah, they do a juice pants, and our buddy of the show, Old Man Ernie, turned me on to these guys, and I had never heard of this brewery before. I thought, weird, all right. And it's a really great, moderately priced, 16-ounce, New England, super juicy, super hazy IPA. They use a lot of mosaic. They use a lot of citro, cryo. And it's available almost everywhere now. I even found it at a bottle shop uh, right on the corner from my house, and it's about fifteen ninety nine. so it's, it's, you know. It's decent. 
it's decent. You don't mind sharing. And they also make, there was, over the summer, there was Juice Jorts, uh, a version they released. I never had that one. I've had Son of Juice Pants. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're Son of Juice, and uh, they're all really good, but they also do a stout. So because I like this beer so much, it's caused me to check out more of Maplewood's offerings. Uh, I know nothing about the place, actually, over in Illinois. It could just be, you know, a garbage for whatever. They're in Chicago. It could be a, it could be a dump somewhere. <laughs> Uh, but their, but their canned stuff is really good, and I really dig it. So another one I'm going to give is uh, a beer that I haven't had, and this is going to sound snobby as hell. I had never heard of this beer or really had it until I went down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras like four years ago, I think, four oh, or five. Yeah. And that's where Abita is made. Yeah. And they do a Purple Haze, and it's like in Chicago how the 312 is on tap every single bar. Purple Haze is on tap at every single bar in all of New Orleans. So I got really into it. And came back home, told my friends, this is great, and then hadn't had it since. And I got a chance to try it over Christmas and thought, I, I bought a Sixer because I was just looking for a variety of stuff to, so I could, uh, you know, what I had company over and family in town. Yeah. And it's relatively inexpensive. It's always under 10 bucks for a six-pack. It's a great raspberry wheat ale and hits the spot. It's not too outrageously strong, so you can kind of cruise on them and, and enjoy all six and still be with it. Yeah. You know, and... And uh, it's the New Orleans, like, home beer. It's yeah. like their beer. And uh, the last one I'm going to do for my pick six, and uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but um, over the summer I got kind of back into the, the classic Crispy Boy game. I did a big Miller Genuine draft weekend, did a Budweiser heavy weekend, and Ooh, yeah. I've had Miller Lite in my house in one form or another for the last seven months. And so there's always a couple in the back of the fridge, there's a couple in the beer fridge, and I don't know who keeps buying them or how they keep coming in there, but it feels like I drink one and it replenishes itself. Like, there are always four in my beer fridge, and I don't know who keeps putting them there, but I had a couple um, to kick off my Friday night, and dude, you forget every once in a while how great just a classic, clean, dry, low ABV Pilsner is. So good. It hits the spot every single time. Yeah, and it makes me think of, like, you know, our dads. Yeah. This well, is the beer those guys got home from work and they had a couple. <laughs> what would my dad drink? Right? <laughs> yeah. This could be the year we become the award-winning Music to My Beers. My name is Warren Cluck with Zach Miller, and we're here every Sunday. Glad to have you aboard. Uh, we talked a little bit to start the show briefly. Zach was talking. We used to do new beers resolutions. <laughs> uh, my new beers resolution is just to make it through 2021 with enough beer. Um, <laughs> you had talked about expanding your your beer vocabulary. Yep, and I've got plenty of room for it because I don't I don't like to brag or anything, but I'm sort of an investor when it comes to uh, Untapped. So I've got more characters and I've got different ratings options. And yeah, what stuff do they, like yeah, that. what do they cost you? It's five bucks a month. Five bucks a month every <laughs> month. Every month. Yep. I thought it was like a I thought it was like a thirty dollar one time thing and that was it. Well, maybe it is. I could probably opt for that, but I like you know spacing it out. And so typically it's more expensive if you space stuff out like that. So a lot of people's New Year's resolutions uh, <laughs> revolves around losing weight, getting back into shape more more this year than ever before because we're coming off of uh, you know pandemic and lockdown. Probably and saving money too. Yeah, what a lot of us just peeled through the food and the alcohol oh, just yeah. packed on the lbs and uh, one of the way. One of the sh- more shocking moments on the show is when we sat down, uh, I want to say two years ago, and really figured out how many calories some of our favorite beers are. Mm-hmm. Two-Hearted. Oh, my gosh. They should call it 280 calories. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, and and uh, a lot of these hazy, fruity doubles that we're into, they're fantastic. They're great. They're It's art in a can, but, man, like three, four, five hundred calories a can in some instances. And if you do that in a night? Oh, dude, it, it's entirely easy to sit down and do, do 1,500 calories over the course of a flight of beers. So uh, the last couple of years, a lot of uh, larger regional craft breweries have been getting aboard this. It's the lower calorie uh, mm-hmm. trade because Michelob Ultra, one of the best-selling beers in America right now, 
I don't care for it, but it's because it's it's beer, but it's also low calorie, low carb. They're built for the CrossFitter. Yeah, and I think Goose Island was one of the first regional uh, powerhouses to get involved with their Goose Island Solo, which is their yeah. low calorie. I think it's ninety six calorie IPA. Mm-hmm. And oh, we yeah. fall. We saw Bell's follow suit over the summertime with Lighthearted, which is their low calorie offering. And now everybody across the board is coming out with this because it's a great way for you to enjoy a craft beer, but also. Um, you know, not have to uh, wipe off the flop sweat off your belly the next morning because you've put on eight pounds of drinking or undone an entire week at the gym. So uh, once again, uh, second hour in a row, going back to our friends at uprocks.com, they've compiled a list of great low-calorie, low-carb craft beers to get you uh, some easy drinking. In, uh, in a, again, if this is dry January for you, we apologize. Oh. Hey, maybe this isn't the program for you this month. I, I do have something. Well, it might be considered dry. I'll... Uh, Coming up in news and notes, I'll I'll tell you more about that. All right, uh, one of the the first beer on their list is the Avery uh, Pacer IPA, which unlike some of the ones we're familiar with, this is actually a hazy, low calorie, three carb, one hundred calorie per can hazy IPA. Wow! It comes in at four and a half percent, and you'll learn throughout the list that generally these lower calorie beers means lower alcohol. But in most cases, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lagunitas, and this one's available on shelves locally. You can find it. Is their uh, their daytime IPA. Yeah, that is a good one. Three total, three total carbs, 98 calories. Wow. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company has Easy Sport, which is uh, their low recreational ale that's made with uh, tangerine peel and sea salt. Didn't they have the pop-up one, or am I thinking of something else? That it was, they had uh, several different ones. They had the first, they had um, a session IPA, they had their main IPA, and then they had a double IPA, and it was like a double wide, a single wide. No. Uh, what am I thinking of here? Man. You can see the label, too. Yeah, I can. Had the campers on there couple, and stuff. A couple of years ago. Yeah, I didn't know if that was Boulevard or not. Maybe I'm... Um, Google it really quick, and I'll run down the next beer. Another okay. one, and I'm excited because we get this brewery locally, but we, I haven't seen this one on shelves yet, maybe because I'm not really looking. Uh, Firestone does a Flyjack, which is another hazy IPA that's low-calorie, comes in at three net carbs, is 96 calories a can. Harpoon's Bush League. Crispy, hoppy, it's 4% alcohol. This one's a little bit thicker on the calories. It's 115 calories per can. Uh, and a beat of brewing. I just talked about them a moment ago in Pick 6. They have a Hop 99, which is their super hoppy, low-carb. It's only 2.7 carbs, and it comes in at 99 calories. Uh, their light IPA, of course, Bell's Lighthearted make, uh, rounds out the list at number one, which is the lowest uh, ABV on the list at 3.7, but uh, not the lowest carbs, at, or calories, rather, at 110. So it's out there. And one of these days, not now, maybe down the line, we'll talk about um, the proliferation of the craft non-alcohol beers. I know Untitled Arts doing uh, non-alcohol stouts. We have uh, yeah. Brew, Brew Dog getting involved with some non-alcoholic IPAs and hazies. Yeah. And over the holidays, uh, my brother brought some Budweiser 0.0, Whoa. which is no alcohol at all. At all. A lot of really? non-alcoholic ones have 0.5%. And this one's 0.0, and I had one for the first time ever. You cannot taste really a difference. Real? Shocking. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. It was like my brain <laughs> broke when I had it. I'm like, but wait. Uh, I, shouldn't I be feeling something after this one? Yeah, did you find out what the brewery was with the double wide, single wide? It was It was Boulevard. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, they they had the single wide. I felt like they had like a pop-up or something. Maybe they don't make that one anymore, but they had the single wide and double wide there. But uh, Are, they, are they made anymore, or are we just not looking for them? I guess we're... We're not really looking for them. 
Might, uh, well, might have been a limited release or something like that. Let's leave ourselves a little bit of research to do for next week. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll move things on here and wrap things up next with news and notes. All right. Now we have reached the point in the program where I get to tell you what's coming up, what we can look forward to, maybe some different beer offerings. You hinted at something that I was going to bring up for the dry January folk. If you're drinking a non-alcohol beer, does that still is that still considered dry January? I don't know, because there are hardliners that say no alcohol whatsoever. That's where the Budweiser 0.0 comes in. And okay. then there's the NA beers, which a lot of times you'll see are 0.5% alcohol by volume. Yeah. Well, did you see the uh, IPNA from Lagunitas? I have not. Yeah. They made a non-alcoholic IPA. Okay. And it comes in at 0.5%, but I'm like, man, that... I'm I'm curious. All bark, no bite is how they're putting it. Yeah, it, it's funny from a craft beer perspective. You look at that kind of stuff and you think, why would anybody not want the booze? But then there are a large majority of people out there that don't drink for the same reasons that the rest of us do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, ah, that's for the rest of That's for productive, polite society. Gotcha. <laughs> they just want the taste and the unwind feeling without the whole, like, I'm going to drink nine of these and go shopping on Amazon feeling. So I, because of recent changes in my life, I haven't been drinking like Sunday through Thursday. And when I get home from work, I, I typically crush a just a regular seltzer. Not a hard seltzer, just a regular seltzer. My wife's like, you know how expensive those are? And I'm just like knocking them back. I'm like, yeah, but in my mind, I'm thinking they're not as expensive as like a beer. Right. You know, so I just, I crush like a, a LaCroix or, or something, whatever we have in the house. Bro, you got to switch to Kroger brand seltzer water. It's practically free. Okay. I'm going to do that. What's the, what's the brand from Kroger? Like bubbly or? Just Kroger. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. Um, <laughs> Shameless plug, budget shoppers. <laughs> uh, Stone Brewing is now bringing back their subliminally self-righteous black IPA, which... I saw something about this earlier in the week, and I don't remember the first run of this, but they say this is actually they're bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, it would have been 10 years ago, 2010, well, maybe 2012, that mm-hmm. black IPAs were kind of becoming an it thing. I know that the uh, Sleeping Lion is pretty close to that. It's a porter... But Eric, our buddy from Bear Hands, has said, oh, this is actually pretty close because it's a hoppy porter. Yeah. So if you want to put it in any category, it could also be in like a black IPA. But those those are good. I think Greenbush has one. Is it anger or... Um, yes. Yeah. It was something with a, an angry word in it. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, we're all looking forward to it. Hop Slam. Yes, sir. Coming out. Hop Slam Mania is happening January 21st, which when I look at the calendar... That's only a couple Saturdays from now, I think. I do know that they started no, selling it's it a Thursday. at Bell's earlier this week. I think Thursday or two, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday is when it was first available at the General Store, the old Hop Slam. So it's gonna, it's in Kalamazoo. It's making its way south. Yes. So 21st is actually a Thursday. My bad on that. So it, it, includes, it starts at 7 p.m. It includes a virtual tour. Um, then they're also going to walk you through a Hop Slam tasting. So if you want to do it with them, you can enjoy that. And a Q&A, um, I don't know... I don't know where. You buy tickets, but they're free. You just go online to bellsbeer.com. You still drinking the kimchi one? I am. I am. It's almost more fun to smell than it is to drink. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just, for me, that that was fun. That was a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. how far you know craft beer has been kicked down the line. Like, that's... It's delicious. Yeah. I'm drinking through this one. Yeah. It's and it. chasing it with the other one. It, yeah. It drink pretty good. It drink pretty uh, Thank you for joining us for another episode of Music to My Beers. We will see you back here next week, same time, uh, for Zach Miller and myself. Cheers. Cheers. 
podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.